Hi, welcome back to Hummingbird's Nest. Uh, this next speech I should have recorded a few weeks ago, but this was one of my other competition speeches that I did this year. And it's one I've given over a few years and decided to make it uh, humorous so I can keep eating the humorous competition. I got all the way through the quarterfinals. I think I could have moved on, but there was some tough competition this year. And other people won so I say I got honorable mention but this is actually a memory of mine at five years old it's called they forgot to tell me and I'm gonna talk about the moments that I learned something was happening when my parents moved us to South Louisiana at five years old here is they forgot to tell me they forgot to tell me. I, I, I don't remember them sitting us down, talking about it. They forgot. Have you ever had a moment in your life that was a major change, but someone forgot to tell you it was going to happen? That happened to me at five years old. All I had was these three signs. My parents put these tables with our stuff on it in the garage. They put price tag on our stuff. And these neighbors and strangers came all over. And all I knew was they were picking up and handing my parents money. And they were driving off with my stuff. That's all I knew. And it happened all day. I think they call this a garage sale. But the confusion is in, they, they didn't sell the garage. Sign number two. Sign number two came maybe about a week after that garage sale my parents had. My dad had left a few days earlier to who knows where. He hugged and kissed us all goodbye and he just took off. And here was my mom packing the three of us and the dog, which is really cool because we never got to travel with the dog, into this old mustard-colored Toyota. It was so old, and the, the, if you move one of the floorboards, you could see the, the road when you traveled under it, a little hole in the bottom. It was this old mustard Toyota that my parents had. That it, They had it for years and years, many years. And we all packed in there, all the stuff, and here we were. And my mom starts to drive, and drive, and drive, and drive. Till finally, one of us said, Mom, Mom, how much longer? And my mother replied like this. Two more Sesame Streets and one more Mr. Rogers. It was the 80s and we knew what that meant. That meant we had two and a half more hours. There was no question. We knew exactly what she was talking about. That's how my parents tell time for us. Finally, we arrived at my grandmother's house in Franklin. And it was great. My dad was there. We got to visit, eat great food. And then suddenly, the next day, they're packing us in the mustard Toyota again. And off we were to visit my other grandmother in Shreveport.
My dad didn't come with us. He was just waving goodbye. And then, after a visit with my grandmother's Shreveport, we drove, I'm assuming down 49, about four Mr. Rogers and a four Sesame Streets and a Mr. Roger later. And I remember we had this rent house. And the three of us, the three girls, had to sleep in this big bed, because it's only a two-bedroom house. And we had these pillows between us, because we were three sisters. We don't share. So in order to prevent any bloodshed while you're sleeping, you sleep between with pillows in between them. I'm sure a kick was given under the pillows here and there, but that's how it happened. Sign number three. Sign number three came when I started kindergarten at a new school. Big school. Remember, I was five and a half, so it was a really big school. And I'm there, excited about going to kindergarten, and then I started getting nervous. And I was trailing my mom, and the principal was next to us, assistant principal. She walked to this room, and I just started cowering behind my mom. And the teacher knelt down. She said, honey, what's your name? You see, my name is Juliana. That's what I go by. That's what people call me. But my parents and close family members call me Julie. I didn't tell the teacher what to call me. I just stayed silent. That wasn't the scariest part of that day. The scariest part was when the kids came up to me. And this is how they spoke. Mela. Mela, I can tie my shoes. Can you tie your shoes? Mela, Mela, that my crayon on you. That's your crayon. Mela, Mela. Mortified. Years later, I would develop that same Cajun accent. And not only that, I would, in, I would just dive into the culture and the food and the music. And I remember... Almost every Saturday in the fall and spring, we wake up to go to some festival. The Crawfish Festival, the Frog Festival, the Shrimp Festival, Festival of Cadillac, Festival International. If they had a festival, we were there. I remember also thinking about those big black cast iron pots and those men with those big paddles stirring that jambalaya and how good it would taste. I became such an expert in Cajun food, especially eating it, that a friend of mine kept bragging about this gumbo that she made. Ah, Juliana, I make this great gumbo. You need to come over. You need to come over and eat my gumbo. Okay, finally, I caved in. I went over, and I tied her gumbo, and I looked at her, and I said, Ha, ah, so you do you use a wet roux, or do you use a dry roux? She replied to me, What's a roux? What, 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 what's a roux, Mela? No roux, that's a stew. She and I are no longer friends. But it's okay, because growing up in South Louisiana gave me the most cultural experience of my life, something that I couldn't get any other place. I have forgiven my parents for telling me about this major change in my life. 
us moving from North Texas to South Louisiana when we were five years old because my dad got a really cool job at the university. They may have forgotten to tell me, but it's okay because sometimes the change we're forgotten to, t forgotten to be told about, it's fine. And it's all, and we roll with the punches. Even though my parents forgot to tell me, I still wonder. Mela, did they tell you? <laughs>